It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's the Friday of the bye week. It's Sam Ekstrom. It's Sage Rosenfels. It's the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Vikings, LockedOnVikings.com. Sage, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. Actually, headed up to, to the Twin Cities. Uh, it's too bad they don't have a home game, but uh, it would be nice to be up. Uh... Is there any snow on the ground up there? Not, not, sure. not really. We, we did get some snow and then yesterday kind of a wintry mix, but it's still hovering in that 35 to 40 range and it hasn't really turned into real snow yet. Um, so we're still kind of waiting for that. It, it seems a little too early to be having this kind of weather. I'm still hoping for like a good 50s week at some point here in November. Yeah, snow around Halloween time is never uh, never seems to be a good thing. But uh, either way, uh, will be another great week of NFL action. We'll have our pickums today, and obviously no Vikings amongst that group of pickums. Right, right. Uh, we do have some Twitter questions. Hashtag Ask the Sage. The first time we've done that this season, and uh, we've got some good questions from some of our Twitter followers. We'll dive right into those right now. At Texans Johnny, his name's John Fitch. He had a couple questions for us. And there's some pretty good ones. So the first one, is Case Keenum a great backup or a starter that's playing backup? Kind of a a question about perception. How would you answer that one? I think that he is a starter. I I think he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL. I think there are definitely places he'd be an upgrade, You know, Cleveland being one of them, and and I think a few other places. I think Denver. I think Denver he'd be the best. Uh, quarterback on that roster right now so I think he's a starter uh, I think because uh, you know he's not six foot four he doesn't run a four 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 he doesn't have a can for an arm he doesn't have these you know combine num type numbers that you know he's always sort of uh, been overlooked but I think that he has worked his way up uh, from uh, you know a great college player to an undrafted free agent to I, I think he's one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL and you do wonder if maybe a team decides to make him a starter next year. He's never really been given the keys to a team. You know, he he was competing in Houston. He was competing in L.A. He kind of got this job because of injury in Minnesota, but he's definitely shown enough, I think, to the point where he could get maybe greater responsibility down the road. So, Well, I think a guy like him, and I felt like I had the same thing in my career, you know, once you've been a backup for you know five or so years, uh, GMs and head coaches just sort of seem, seem to look at you as a backup only, uh, and you actually have to get into a spot, and sort of where Keenum is now, where you are the backup, and then you get a chance to play, and you play so well that the team just says, heck with it, let's go with this guy, and that's generally been the case for the guys who, you know, said like Rich Gannon or, uh, or you know, even Kurt Warner, but the guys who start off as backups, and they got an opportunity, and they played so well that you know, the, the team they were on really made them the starter. It's hard for another team uh, to be so uh, excited about and, and to sell to their fan base as the you know, face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody else's backup who's you know, not a you know, second or third year guy who obviously has played great, but you know, somebody's been in the league for a little while. Sometimes that's a hard sell. It's not flashy, uh, but I believe that Case Keenum is a, a starter in the NFL. 
Another good question here from at Texans Johnny. What is the better offense? One that scores three touchdowns or one that gets seven field goals? You know, I, I saw that yesterday and I, I actually spent some time thinking about that question. And I, and I believe was his name, Johnny, John uh, Fitch. Yes. John, John's answer sort of was like, well, the three touchdowns is better because if you don't get those touchdowns, you'll still kick field goals. Well, then it's not three touchdowns. So, you know, I actually think that seven field goals would be better than three touchdowns. And, and the reason why is because you hold, you're holding onto the ball more for more possessions. I mean, for seven possessions, or you've gotten turnovers or whatever, but for, for seven possessions, you have had the ball, which the other team hasn't had the ball. Uh, but if it's if it's uh, uh, three touchdowns, you've only maybe done well on three drives and then had you know three and outs uh, the rest of the game, uh, which allows the other team to you know have the ball a lot and time possession and, and up, you know, probably winning that football game. So I'll take the seven field goals. I'm guaranteed to have 21 points either way. I think I, I definitely take the seven field goals. Now, would I want that permanently? No. I, I think that would become frustrating. Uh, I think that, obviously, if you're going to limit yourself to 21, you don't want that. But it helps to put points on the board. Just from a, from a morale standpoint, when you, get, you, know, you make a field goal, the crowd cheers, the sideline gets pumped up, the defense goes out there with a little momentum. And I think we saw that against Baltimore a couple weeks ago. The Vikings just kept scoring and scoring and in kind of a low-scoring game. Those field goals meant something against the Ravens. So it helps if you have a good defense to get on, on board with the field goal argument. You know what I mean? Well, at the end of the day, it's the same amount of points. Yeah. And so I'm looking as, you know, if you have seven field goals, you just possess the ball uh, a lot to get to those seven field goals, which I think would give you an advantage. Right. Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Lockdown Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash LOCKEDONNBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and a respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. All right. Um, at jheron428. Asking for our post buy predictions. That's all he asks for. So it's kind of a, a general question. Take it whichever way you want. Do you have any any kind of low key predictions for the second half or after the buy? Maybe with the quarterback situation. Uh, take it whichever direction you want. Man, I, I think the Vikings. Really, the rest of the season is 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 it's very hard to predict. Um, you know, they've been on this roll uh, as of late in the last month. October was very very good to them. Uh, you know, does Keenum continue to play well? I think I think just think a lot can happen. I think Bradford's done. Uh, I really do. I think it's going to be a Bradford slash Teddy Bridgewater show the rest of the way. If somehow I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not Bradford. Keenum. Uh, Keenum. Uh, I think if Keenum 
fails or gets injured, I, I think it's Teddy's show. I, I think the coaching staff, the offensive coaching staff, understands the mobility of the quarterback really makes this a line better. Uh, it's making the uh, the run game better because there's this threat of a bootleg or a threat of the quarterback keeping the ball on, on the sort of the zone read type plays. And I think they see the advantage of having a more mobile quarterback, whether it's Case or Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, uh, I, I think if Case plays fine, I think he's a starter the rest of the year. I think the Vikings, my guess is, well, they've got eight games left. We've got six wins. Uh, I, I think they get to 11 wins. I think they're an 11-win ball club, 11-5, win the NFC North. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the playoffs at home. Uh, I would not want to be going up to U.S. Bank uh, as, an, uh, as a visiting opponent, as a wild card, uh, trying to beat the Vikings at home. They play very well there. Yep. The other day I said 11-5 and five as well, and I'm sticking to it. I'm also going to get a little more specific. I'll say that Adam Thielen turns in the best receiving season since Sidney Rice in 2009 for the Vikings. Gets over 1,000 yards. Gets over 1,200 yards, I think. And I'm going to say that the Vikings, whoever it might be, I think they use a combination of at least two quarterbacks for the, over the course of the final eight games, whether that's Keenum, Bridgewater, Keenum, Bradford, probably more likely Bridgewater, but I do think it's more than one guy. Uh, it just feels like some there's more craziness still to happen with this team. I will say this. I feel like, uh, and I did some pretty good research on, on Case a few weeks ago for my article on the score, that uh, he does stay away from injuries, it seems like. He does a pretty good job of avoiding injuries for the most part. So um, if, if he's not playing at the end of the year, there might be a, a good chance that that is actually from you know, him not playing well and, and then decide to go in a, a different direction with Teddy or, or back to Sam. Mm-hmm. Next question from at... I keep it underscore so real. I uh, love the name. <laughs> From watching games, looks like Daniil Hunter has played well. In the second half of the season, do you think he triples his sack total to nine or over? So I think right now, Hunter, you know, playing opposite of Everson Griffin on the other side, I think he's got three sacks at the moment. And Griffin is kind of, you know, hogging all the sacks right now. He's got 10 of them. And a lot of that is because Hunter has gotten so much attention on the other side you know do you think it sort of reverses where griffin gets so many double teams here down the stretch that hunter gets that sack total up there toward double figures yeah you know I, that makes sense i i can see hunter having a better second half i mean uh, um everson has is he have 10 sacks yeah i, I believe already so uh, you got to think that for the rest of the season every team that plays them is says you know in particular on third down or, or longer passing situations hey our running back's going to be to our you know, our left side, he's going to chip before he leaks out into the flat or chip before he gets over the ball. Uh, and so it'll be more one-on-ones on, on the other side, on Daniil's side. Uh, having said that, the, the I guess it would be called the left defensive end, with Everson Griffin to the right defensive end, which lines up against the left tackle. Uh, Daniil Hunter lines up on the side generally of, of the tight end. Uh, and when you're in that position, uh, you are in what they call a six-eye technique, which basically means you're sort of lined up, you know, just inside the tight end or in between the tight end and the tackle. Uh, and it's just a really hard place to become a good pass rusher. You have a very restricted lane uh, to get to the quarterback, uh, where on the other side, it's just you and the left tackle. You know, can I beat him around the edge? And if he plays that, you know, can I <clears throat> can I spin move or dip under, uh, you know, inside? Where you know, if you're that other side, you've really got uh, sort of an infringed uh, lane to, to the quarterback. So it's much harder to get, you know, 10, 12 sacks from what would be the left defensive end position. 
That's some great insight. Um, that's, that's really interesting. Another question here from at Vincent Delton asking about the, uh, the depth here on the offensive line. Do you think Danny Isadora has played well enough to remain the starter at left guard? Now, remember, he's the third string left guard. They had Easton, who got hurt. Then they had Jeremiah Searles, who got hurt. And they've had Isadora now for a game and a half playing at left guard. And he's done pretty well. Uh, the offensive line in general has done pretty well. I think he's a promising rookie. They took him in the fifth round out of Miami. Sage, I don't know if you've broken down the film on Danny Isadora, but uh, I don't think that Nick Easton, their their initial starting guard, was necessarily immune to being beaten by a better player. Um, I think that Vikings could definitely consider that. Well, I think, and I, and I have not broken down the offensive line that closely, uh, but I will say this, you know, at this point of the season, all these guys who are rookies uh, are really no longer rookies, uh, whether they've played the first half of the season or they've now sat in the bench and sort of seen how it's all done and how the whole thing works. Uh, you're sort of not a rookie at the end of your at the end of your. You know, they've, they've already really played 12 games. You include the four uh, uh, preseason games, and so um, you know the Vikings will probably try to stay as as uh, um, uh, stable as possible on that offensive line if it's working. They'll stick with those guys if they feel like you know they're not running the ball well or they're starting the, the quarterback's starting to get hurt more. I can see them changing up. I'd rather have an offensive line that's got, you know, eight players uh, than just, you know, just five and no backups. So it looks like they've done a pretty good job with some of their backups who are filling in. And I will say this again, you know, Keenum and and Teddy, uh, what they do better than Bradford is they make that offensive line look better because of their mobility. Thanks everybody for the questions on Twitter. We didn't get to all of them, but we do appreciate it. And uh, we'll do this again soon. It's time to get to our picks. And remember, it's a brand new game. We have a confidence meter. We put the the number or the percent chance we think a team is going to win. And then uh, we put that many points at stake through one week of this activity. Sage is 300 points to the positive, and I am 230. We're going to have to get creative here because there's only one NFC North game. It's the Lions at the Packers Monday night football and the Bears and the Vikings are on a bye. So before we get to that, let's do Chiefs at Cowboys. How about that? The Chiefs are actually Ooh. favored on the road. In Dallas, Chiefs are favored by one in this game. They're 6-2. and two. Dallas is 4-3. and three. And you said I have to go first this week. So I, I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys with 60% confidence. Ah, I'm going to go in the other direction. I'm going to go with 75% uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. I think them not having Zeke Elliott in this game is a, is a huge change for them. And, uh, nice, you know, the Chiefs are just playing really, really good football. So I like the Chiefs in this one. Wow, that could be a huge swing, 135-point swing there, uh, whichever way it goes. How about the Falcons at the Panthers? This is in Carolina. The Panthers are favored by one. They just traded Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, I saw that, and a lot of people thought that was surprising. But, you know, Kelvin Benjamin, I'm not sure if anyone's seen him play this year. He looks like he runs about a 4.7540. He's just a huge guy. He's no longer – he's just not fast. And I think the Panthers are going for more uh, speed at the wide receiver position. I am not sold on Atlanta this year. It just doesn't seem like they quite have the – uh, the it or whatever it is, you know, maybe still shell shock from the Super Bowl. So I'm going to stay with the home team here. I don't feel great about it. Though. I'm going to go 50% uh, Carolina Panthers. 
Well, I forgot that I was supposed to go first. My bad. So, oh, um, so Sage, 50 on the Panthers. And I am going to go – I'm going to go with the Panthers as well. Um, I am also not that confident. I'm going to go with Panthers 30. You know, I think sometimes when – a team makes a big trade like that. People will, will kind of, you know, be down on them. You know, may, the players might be a little discontent. But, you know, in the end, I'm sure the front office had their reasons. And I'm sure they have maybe someone that they like who hasn't gotten much playing time at wide receiver. And uh, they are at home. It's a division game. I do I do think Carolina gets the job done. I always actually like those division games. I like the home team more in division games than in non-division games. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fans get more into it or something, but I feel like there's almost more of a home field advantage in actual division games versus, uh, you know, just non, non-division opponents. Yeah. How about, you know, there's not many other close games here. Let's see. Okay, I'm going to give you three options. Tell me which one that we should pick. Ravens at Titans, the Bengals at Jaguars, or the uh, Raiders at Dolphins? Hmm. Those are all interesting uh, games. <clears throat> Let's go with that Jaguars game. I'm going to go with the Jags, who are playing great football despite the quarterback who's not very good. I'm going to go with the Jags uh, You know, by a touchdown in this game, and I'm going to go with all oh, about 70%. Okay. Um, again, I'm gonna go with the home team along with you. I think that the Jaguar. I don't think the Bengals are a very good football team. I don't think Andy Dalton is playing all that well, and that running game and that defense of Jacksonville is is doing great. They're favored by five. I think Jacksonville wins. I'm fifty percent positive. So seventy versus fifty. There, you're going a little bigger. And now we finally get to the the Packers and Lions. I will go first with the pick. I think that off a of bye, I think Green Bay wins this game against a struggling, Ooh. a struggling Ooh. Detroit Lions team that's suddenly three and four. I feel like Hunley is going to show something at some point. You know, if they lose this game, that then you know apparently they tried to get Brian Hoyer. By the way, I yeah, which I was just gonna say. I think that you know there's a little controversy there. I'm, I bet there's players on that team who feel like they should have, you know, tried to go after Hoyer or tr- try to go after even, you know, Colin Kaepernick. That was a an issue Mike McCarthy had a few weeks ago that he got really fired up about. Uh, that he was really happy with the quarterbacks in his room. Next thing you know, there's rumors that they were really trying to get Brian Hoyer because they didn't think Hunley uh, could get it done. So I think there's a little a little too much controversy on that team. I'm I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Detroit against a 70 percent with Detroit. I, I like Detroit in this ball game. And by the way, I'm doing Packers 55 percent. So we've got two differences of opinion: Packers and Lions, and the Dallas and Kansas City game. So it could get real interesting in our confidence meter picks. Uh, best of luck to you this weekend, Sage. All right, sounds good. All right, no Vikings game, but of course we will have full coverage next week of all the NFL action. Thanks for listening to Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners. This is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? Just search for Lockdown Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Lockdown Wild to your device every day.